0: like we were just doing our instagram live and someone made a good point can you imagine the villanova game-winning shot against unc without any fans yeah and, like the fans made that shot just as great as the shot itself was and there's all the great fan reactions from people crying and all sorts of stuff it's,
1: it's would be that be you austin if florida state won in that kind of fashion would that be you with the shot of you crying
0: um <laughs> yeah probably Hey guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. Go
2: Nose.
1: Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, a.k.a. E-Dub in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. Go live, go Nose.
2: Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear. Go Nose.
1: This is Terrell Buckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better
2: known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. It's great it's Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? man I, I could wake up to that
1: greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, Nose fans. This is former Seminole Derrick Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder,
2: Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on SSOD, Florida Player Die, and Go Nose. William Barnon Floyd, gentlemen, what's
1: up? What's happening, guys? This is Logan from here. The Sphere, presented to you by Nol Game Day. We are here early, finally. Not recording at 10 p.m. at night. We're recording at seven o'clock on Wednesday. We are going to get ready for the ACC tournament. We're also going to give our thoughts on obviously the NCAA banning fans and others from going to the games due to the coronavirus uh and also we are going to talk some spring football obviously after having two practices down we're going to give our thoughts on that We've got a lot of topics here to chat about position wise players quarterback battle and so much more uh and then obviously talk a little bit more basketball and March Madness at the end of it all so with me tonight are my two co-hosts Dustin Lewis our lead writer and editor and also our lead basketball writer Austin, BZ, what's happening, guys?
2: How are we doing what's go- tonight? What's going on? I'm supposed to go first, bro. Oh, well, you'll get <laughs> over it. I feel kinda,
1: good. Kind of disrespectful. Yeah, you know. Dang.
2: <laughs> That's what Boston. happens when you're
0: on a time schedule.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we're going to try to crush this podcast out in an hour because we want to get this preview out to you guys as soon as possible. Obviously Florida state plays tomorrow against Clemson. Uh, but first of all, uh, let's jump into the news regarding the NCAA and their banning and restricting fans from going to the games, man. This is something that we've never seen before. Uh, They're now still trying to figure out if media members are going to be allowed there to go cover it, which this is just insanity to me. And then right now, though, CBS uh, and television networks, but primarily CBS and their branch, are going to be there to televise it, which is good news, obviously, for fans that want to see, obviously, FSU play and others. Uh, But what what are y'all's initial thoughts on this, man?
0: It was kind of surreal because I really didn't think it was going to happen. The NCAA is so money-driven, I figured they'd be like, not open the doors, let people spend money and get sick. Um, but I it, I guess it's the right move. Um, I, was, I was a little upset because I wanted to go to Tampa next weekend, and I wanted to go to Atlanta in a few weekends. But it, it is the right move.
2: Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It seems like it kind of started in San Francisco with uh... – I don't know if it was the mayor or a health advisor or whatever banning gatherings of a thousand people or more. And the warriors went ahead and decided to follow that protocol and cancel their home games for, I think it's like the next 10 days or so cancel everything that they hold at, at the arena. And now just seeing, it seems like after that news, like all of this other stuff started breaking on top of it, just one after another. So yeah, it's still, it's still pretty crazy and still just trying to get a feel for it all. I mean, it's gonna be a, a different way to watch basketball. That, that's for sure. Yeah, cause we're so
0: used, to, especially the NCAA tournament. We're so used to fan interaction. Like we were just doing our Instagram live, and someone made a good point. Can you imagine the Villanova game-winning shot against UNC without any fans? <laughs> yeah. And like the fans made that shot just as great as the shot itself was. And there's all the great fan reactions from people crying and all sorts of stuff. It's,
1: it's Would be that be you, Austin, if Florida State won in that kind of fashion? Would that be you with the shot of you crying?
0: Um. Yeah, probably. I'm not gonna.
1: Lie. Yes, yes, it would be. I think you're an yeah. emotional guy.
0: I'm I just think about not.
2: someone like dunking on someone, like a really exciting
1: play, and no, no one's there to celebrate it. Like, what? <laughs> is,
2: what do the players do? Or like, What's their reaction like what, in the
1: reaction? Like, that's what we were talking about. Whenever we are on IG Live, me and Austin were discussing basketball and all this. Malik Osborne dunk, and he's always yelling no matter what. What uh, what is what are they going to catch on the microphone of him saying? That's
2: that's the most <laughs> exciting part for me. I want to hear the entire game. I don't want I don't want them to mute it when they're under the basket. I want to hear everything everybody's saying. Give me all the trash talk.
0: But now it's going to be easier to mute all that stuff out because there's no background noise. It's literally just a ball in words. That's it. And it's going to be easier for people, or it's going to be easier for coaches to listen back because you're going to be able to hear the players call play calls. That's the thing I just thought about. Mm. Um. It's going to be interesting. I really don't know how this is going to go.
1: So for the so it's going to be a whole 180. Usually coach, they get so close to each other, they get the chairs out and they're talking, but they're actually going to be whispering to each other <laughs> instead of having to yell. Well, he yeah,
2: means yeah. even on the court. Like if, if a player calls out a play, now you'll yeah. be able to
1: hear it clearly over the broadcast. And they won't have
2: to
0: speak over the band. They won't have to speak over PA announcers. They won't have to speak over just fans chatting. This is going to be weird.
2: That's another thing that, that, I, that I'm wondering, Austin. The PA announcers, are, are they there? Are they still saying, like, three? Like, it, I, don't, like, I don't think so. Because <laughs> those are really
0: there for fans and the information. Like, hey, this guy made a shot. This guy got a steal such and such. I, I don't think the PA announcers would be there. I really don't. I think it's just going wow, it to be referees, teams, and yeah. media members. I think some media members.
2: They're going to need some good announcers for these games.
1: Yeah. Or it's going to get boring. Yeah, I don't know. It's like I said, it's something we've never seen before ever, and we'll most certainly discuss this more as we learn. I think there's going to be a lot changing, not only this, but man, if this lasts any longer, we got to start thinking football here. Um, this might be baseball's last game tonight with fans around it. Softball too. Uh, it's it's tough, and and NCA March Madness is a money, 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 money. Um, grabber for a lot of, I mean, the NCAA alone, but also sponsorships, advertising, commercials, uh, so many things. So, businesses are going to be hit hard. They also got to figure out, do I still want to advertise during March Madness? I don't know. It's going to be interesting to think about and discuss the next few weeks.
0: Yeah, and if you know anything about March Madness and their sponsorships, you know they do not play around with it. I remember, I think it was Reggie Miller, and I was it was in Los Angeles two years ago, and I, I wanted to talk to him just because Reggie Miller is one of my favorite players. I know I'm crazy for saying that, but I just wanted to talk to him, and I, I overheard him talking about, man, they really made me pour my Starbucks in a Powerade cup because you can't have anything that's not a Powerade cup.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> They're just, they do not play around with their sponsorships with March Madness. But at least the players seem to be taking this well from the couple I've talked to. Like, it sucks, but we've worked so hard to get to this point, and it's better than canceling games. Having no fans is better than canceling at this point just lock the doors and toss the ball at Let's Play. Which is okay. by far well, the good. right
1: attitude. That's a good sign to hear. Who uh, said that? Dustin's <laughs> always trying to get it out there. Yeah.
0: Just a few. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: well
1: that's that's a good sign coming from Florida State uh, Florida State side of things because you know I, I just I feel bad just personally for me, I feel bad Just because you find so much energy from having a lot of your family there Uh, having obviously you're going to have some close family that you'll be able to bring but I mean you want to bring as many as you can but also having fans there, friends uh your girlfriend man your girlfriend's got to be coming uh you know but not be able to play around them you know you got to find that inner energy and you got to stay focused and it'll be interesting this is where you're going to see a lot of maturity inside of you has got to come out, man. I mean, I'm interested to see it, but I just feel bad for them yeah, that work. At this there.
0: point, it's going to be a glorified intramural game.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's jump into a little bit of football here. Like we said, I only got about 50 more minutes on here. So we're going to go through football and then get into the FSU versus Clemson preview right uh, at the end of it. So two practices in under Mike Norvell. Uh, obviously no music to start off with, not a lot of music, not any music blaring, not obviously there's no dance I know that's like the big thing that people are wanting to see, but yes, there's no dancing Uh, there's been uh, a, a lot of focus all around on creating a organization. Norvell's talked about it too, along with other coaches. They kind of want to start off this first, uh, these first couple of practices as being really organized and directed, uh, at, at being smooth, being disciplined, and st- stay on, staying strict on the smallest things, like keeping your ball up tight. Uh, it was word on during practice that. Mike Norvell just let it loose on Warren Thompson, wide receiver. Wasn't keeping the ball up tight. He got chewed out. Um, <laughs> and that seems like, I mean, that, that's something, you know. He's
2: he's let it loose on a couple guys already, hasn't he?
1: Yeah, yeah, he has. Uh, I actually saw a video of Mike Norvell grabbing a player in mid-stride. We're talking the player was in mid-stride. I think it was
2: Robert Cooper.
1: I don't know. Well, the one that I saw, it might have been him too. Uh, I saw another player, though, in, in mid-stride just, sn- just snag him and say, you're going back. That wasn't good enough. That's
2: a classic <laughs> Jimbo move right there. <laughs>
1: it, it, no, most certainly is. Uh, maybe, although there might be a filter on Norvell, at least while media is around at the moment. <laughs> but what what are y'all's thoughts? I know there's the media has been able to be there for both practices fully. What are y'all's thoughts so far, and what are y'all getting from Mike Norvell and companies so far?
2: I think the the things that kind of stand out to me early is the discipline. It seems like the coaching staff is instilling. It seems like there there's a lot more accountability and they're holding the players to a lot higher of a standard so far. Like you said, Logan, I mean, Mike Norvell is grabbing people's face masks on, on the, the second day of camp, first day of camp, and really just already instilling that mindset of, Hey, we're not out here to play. Like you're, you're going to work your ass off. I saw, um, Alex Atkins coaching, um, I believe it was Ira Henry. And he said, boy, you're not in St. Louis anymore. Like, you've got you've to take a step up. You're at Florida State now while well, having to redo a drill. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's the little things like that. Like, they're going to be on these guys. And I think that's, I mean, it's been two days. But so far, that, that mindset, the edge they're bringing with them to the field is kind of setting them apart. At least at the beginning, from from the staff that we saw before.
0: Yeah, well, like we've talked about all off season and ever since Jimbo left, to be honest, because we've been doing Tiger, we've needed that discipline. We've needed that accountability, and everything we're hearing is Mike Novell's bringing that. He wants his guys focused. He wants these guys determined, eliminating all the little distractions and as Jimbo would have said, clutter. Getting that out of there and just focusing on technique and focusing on being as good as they can be, because um, there is talent, even if they haven't shown it much the past couple years
1: a lot of that has been having players also take themselves accountable or have their teammates uh call them out and take accountability for mistakes we've seen it on field we've seen it in games where it's screwed fsu multiple times and this is where mike norvell's laying down the wood early on and trying to create a good discipline and and trying to you know try to see who his leaders are too. I think this is what he's trying to do, see who his leaders are. Not only just, you can be vocal, which he said in multiple uh, press conferences, you can be vocal, but I want to see how you do while you're out there on the field when it's 110 degree heat, you're having to run sprints. I want to see how you are whenever it's raining and you don't want to be out there and you you show the effort Uh, because you can talk the talk, but being out there and showing how you are uh, and showing how you are with your brothers on the field is a whole different story. And this is something he's preaching very hard. Uh, the media has said that it's so – and I, I've been and I've watched all the videos I could from media members. And I've been to uh, quite a few of Willie Taggart's practices. And I, I've seen a lot more organization. I see more hands-on. I don't know if you guys have seen it probably. But I see a lot more hands-on from your head coach. Um uh, Mike Norvell, he will run over after you. Like I just said, I mean, he'll snatch you up, but he will run over to that position group and be kind of dialed in on just you, which is a pretty interesting aspect. They do, you don't get from a lot of coaches, but it just shows how serious he is. And starting off like that, I think, is good for this team that really is trying to preach on keeping that discipline really strict to start off spring ball.
2: Yeah, and like you said, he's showing he's a good teacher. And he's, from the videos I've seen, I mean, man, he's been around to basically every position group, working with guys, giving them tips on on how to complete a certain drill, ways that they need to move their body in the air to to catch the ball. So, I mean, all over the board, he's really just showing how committed he is and the little details to be there teaching guys and them learning from their head coach despite their position. I mean, that's got to be a little encouraging to them as well. And
0: that's important because we've seen – I think both Jimbo and Tiger were both too quarterback oriented. Where mm-hmm. it, it kind of seemed like Jimbo was just the quarterback's coach. And yeah, he was also calling plays, but he spent so much time with quarterbacks and not relying on the rest of the team that I'm not saying it did, but maybe it kind of drifted on the rest of the team. It was a He just didn't connect with anybody, but it, it's, I think that's important. having, and especially having a coach that can bounce from position to position to position. You're going to get a lot of respect that way. I really think he will.
1: Yeah, and another thing to take a note of, which I just thought about, is that chemistry probably is going to work out so well because Mike Norvell has worked with a lot of the staff before, and they already know how Mike Norvell works. You know, if Mike Norvell's going to come into a position, a uh, groups coach, if he's going to come in and just kind of take over that drill, they're used to that. You know, that's something that's just not out of the blue for them. They understand, uh, and, it, and it works well for them. So uh, I think chemistry, too, as a staff alone is going to help this team a lot, too, because Willie Taggart's was kind of spread around, too, with different guys coming from all across the nation. You're bringing some guys in that have already been under Norvell before and know, it, know what it's like, know how the process is, drill after drill, the different periods in practice. It works out well, and, and so hopefully, from what we've heard So far, practices are working smoothly. Let's start off with quarterbacks, though. Obviously, we expected this. James Blackman taking first reps and whatever drills. I mean, this is only two practices in. But for what it is, he's taking first-team reps, uh, and this is not to be a shock to anybody. Obviously, Chubba Purdy is not on campus yet, but I'm sure that's going to create a great competition this summer. Interesting note here, though, and we we talked about it too. Between Tate Roadmaker and James Blackman, they had that same kind of build. And Tate Roadmaker actually didn't have actually had a pretty nice uh, first couple days in practice. He's just a true freshman. Obviously, James Blackman's got the experience on him, but Tate Roadmaker uh, has has an arm, um, and he he had a pretty and uh, had a nice couple days. Jordan Travis, I, I'm interested to see where, what Jordan Travis's role is going to take. He kind of struggled a little bit. Um and, and the practices. Uh, but he, he clearly can have the potential in a different kind of offense. But right here, Blackman and, and Roadmaker are taking the lead in the quarterback battle.
2: Yeah, I mean, not very surprising. That was one thing we, we talked about in the spring preview was if Travis can show that next, next progression in his game, which is him completing passes down the field and, and showing that he can play quarterback at the collegiate level I think I I think I said in the other pod right now he's proven himself as an athlete but not as a quarterback so we're just gonna have to see where he kind of fits into things and wrote uh Rodemaker despite being a true freshman very talented guy strong arm um it's really just the the mental aspects of the game and getting down the system things like that so I think I'm really excited to see his development and then obviously James Blackman he should be head and above the pack like he's been the first couple days um, during the spring. He's still got some of those inconsistencies, but it's only been two days. I mean, this staff has got to have a chance to work with him, and I want to see his progression continue from now to, to see what it looks like in August on the opening of fall camp.
0: And this is obviously the most important battle. But like Logan said, it's no surprise that Blackman is taking these first-team reps, and I think he will throughout the entire summer and spring unless he gets hurt. Um but I'm excited that Rod Maker's looking good. If we, if he can at least get some competition behind him, that force him, force Blackman to be a little bit better, I'm all for it. And once Purdy gets on campus, the same thing. If Purdy looks good, let's let's get some competition,
1: in. he needs it. Real quick, something that was interesting to me, interesting to me, James Blackman after practice, uh, talked to media and told him under the last staff he felt like he could get away a little bit more with get, having bad throws missing assignments here and there. Uh, and he, he didn't feel like he was holding himself as accountable like he should have. Uh, he said that's, that just can't be the case under Mike Norvell. Uh, and he feels a little bit more mentally into it. He feels like he's going to be held to a different standard. Uh, pretty much what he was coming off as saying, you know, obviously he doesn't want to roast on Willie Taggart and, and what they had here, but, Obviously, you're going to see a guy that I think is good for... I think that's the one thing that's been hindering James Blackman. We know he's got a talent. He he can go out there. It's just about staying consistent and you know fixing those mental problems that really get him emotional on the sideline. Obviously, he loves this team so much. The whole team knows that. That's one thing I'm trying to stress. The whole team knows that you love the team. Like You're the leader of them all. We They know that. But what you got to do now is execute on the field and show them that you worked your tail off uh, in that regard to showcase that whenever it comes to September. So I think mentally is mentally and also gain a little bit more weight. He's up to 10 more pounds is going to help him no matter what, uh, but the mental game is something he's got to focus on. And, and I think Norvell's a good coach for that. And also Dillingham offensive line real quick. We'll jump into this. Obviously Alex Atkins, young coach, him and Chris Marr were very young coming in. Alex Atkins seems to be more of a hands-on coach, starting off slow, working technique. Um, like you were talking about, what was it? What were you saying, Dustin? He was talking to an offensive lineman, telling him he wasn't in middle school anymore.
2: <laughs> no, I think I think Ira Henry um freshman guard half-assed a drill or something, or he didn't do the drill <laughs> correctly or with the with the effort he was looking for. And um, Atkins said said some stuff and said you're not in St. Louis anymore.
1: Yeah, I'm interested to see once the media goes away at some point, how nice these things are going to be said. Because I've been I've been whenever I was around Jimbo's practices, I would leave I'd be on the way walking out from the practice field and he'd be cussing out Dalvin Cook. Um, but I think that kind of I mean, I know it's cussing blah blah blah, but the kind of intensity uh you kind of need that and if you need to be cussed out for screwing up then you just need to be cussed out sometimes i've been cussed out multiple times (laughs) well you just need to be
2: held accountable i mean one way or the other what'd you say austin i said that
0: doesn't surprise
2: me
1: yeah no as it shouldn't i'm sure at least all of us here have been through that same boat before dustin probably more than me yeah
2: it's nothing new (laughs)
1: <laughs> and you still I, do I get test out. Whenever
2: I watch the videos, I wince a little bit because I got
1: some PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that that's pretty much the offensive line. There's nothing too crazy here. Um, let's see. He kept on one noted here. Don't ex- he's saying don't accept something you don't like. He kept on telling that to his guys over there and drills. Um, let's see here. <laughs> It is also good to know Darius Washington, and most likely, and w- will be starters Dante Lucas and Darius Washington are out currently with injuries. I need to note also too. We f- forgot to do this.
2: Why is that? Good,
1: why is that good to note? Well, it's good to note so, while we're talking about. <laughs> it's good to note while we're talking about the offensive line. That's why we're not talking about because I would most certainly probably be saying some things about Dante Lucas. Um, but earlier, but what I'm saying earlier, we forgot to mention that also Keyshawn Helton and obviously Texas A&M running back transfer to Corbin were kind of getting some action out there. Uh, and Keyshawn Helton just gained 20 pounds. So I'm interested to see if he's able to keep his speed plus also come back, you know, fully healthy after that leg injury and to Corbin, uh, I think is going to really, if he can get a waiver, he's really going to push, uh, that running back department, with Leborn and company, wide receivers. Terian Terry's Terian Terry. He's also put on some weight too, but he and Asante Samuel were going at it. I like that. I love it. Asante Samuel, which we'll get into. I think Asante Samuel is going to be one of the best cornerbacks in the country, and I'll put my name on it and put it in an envelope and.
2: Well, that's a bold prediction.
1: A I think he will be one of the best corners in the country.
2: I'm being sarcastic.
1: Top three.
2: All right, now let's. Okay.
1: Bold? Okay. Bold enough. Uh, Also, someone that I've been really high on, who I think is going to have a good chance of impressing the staff, and I think Ron Dugans already knows what he's got, but Jordan Young, too. What's his nickname? Abusement Park. Abusement Park. I think there's going to be a big Abusement Park by the end of camp built up for him. But what are y'all's thoughts so far on wide receivers and maybe you know moving forward you got some early enrollees with brian robinson who's going to try to compete
2: yeah i mean you kind of knew what you had in your wide receivers coming into the spring it's early so i want to see how they transition into this system and see some improvement there um mentioned before dj matthews is a guy i want to see see step up you have warren thompson listed here we got we got to see if he can stick around this year and you know get it, get the mental aspect of the game and get into it mentally. I mean, he's had some struggles obviously dealing with playing time issues and things like that. And you also said Jordan Young, Logan, who's a guy I really like, man, he might have the best high school highlight tape for a wide receiver I've ever Mm -hmm. seen. I still go back and watch it sometimes because it's literally that impressive and he came out of nowhere to, to end up at Florida state. So I really want to see him get on the field this year. I think with his athleticism, uh, he could he could uh, create some big plays for sure.
0: I mean, the wide receivers were, in my opinion, one of the strongest groups the last two years, especially with Tamari and Terry there. So it's not that big of a surprise that they're probably going to be playing well all spring, especially Terry. Terry's a freak. We've all known that for a while. But I, I want to see these guys get healthy. I want to see them be consistent. Because that's the one thing they struggle with is dropping those easy passes down the middle that they need to complete. So I, I just, I think they need to be more consistent. I, I don't care about highlight tapes and all that. Just be consistent.
1: Catch the ball. All I got to do is catch the ball. Obviously, uh, like we were saying, Jordan Young, DJ Matthews also put on a little bit of weight, uh, but scary, Terry, you're having an NFL talent on that practice field. So I think that's even greater and, and, and beautiful for Asante. Samuel and other young corners who's gonna have to figure out which we'll get in the dbs here in a minute going against a guy like that is just great practice for you so obviously you bring back marvin wilson and brown terry two nfl guys practically that could go that could get drafted um this year coming back it's just a good good practice for just not only your wide receiver unit but dbs is uh, also running back yeah, i so still real- oh, go ahead
2: I still have no idea how they got Terry to come back. I mean, you think about the guys that salivate over the combine every every year and the people that boost, like, the top performers up their board so much more after the combine. I mean, Terry would have tested through the roof. It,
1: it would have been insane. So, 2021
2: draft, watch out.
1: Running backs here, obviously, this is an interesting department. Kane LeBorn is... You know your number one guy. He's got uh, the most experience, but we don't need to be sleeping on Anthony Grant, who we did not get to see last season whatsoever. Anthony Grant's out there. It seems like he just needs to be a little bit more in shape, uh, and that he needs to be on the team. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that too. That would help. I,
2: I will not believe in Anthony Grant until he's on the roster in September. So I'll just say that.
0: I won't believe
2: him won't, I won't until into, he's on the field. Until, I need to see until, him until to he gets play. a couple carries.
1: Like. <laughs> I, just, I need to see him out on the field playing, not on the sideline. I need to see him in action. Uh, but Anthony Grant, I, I was excited. I was really excited for him uh, during this time last year going into the spring. I thought he had a really good shot. Obviously, Cam Akers was going to be your 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 guy, but I thought he was really going to push hard with Cam Akers over Cain LeBourne. So obviously you've got uh, you've got Laborn, you've got Acres, uh, and coming in, uh, and then Anthony Grant. But coming in this summer, I think it's going to be even more of the the Showtime experience with this competition that's going to be coming with Damian Webb. You got a speedster with Corey Wren. Uh, it, it, it's going to be interesting. And Kalen Laborn is not going to be an easy go to your number one guy. He's going to have to compete. Uh, but what are y'all's thoughts so far?
2: It, it's an enigma. I mean, you, you just have no idea what you're going to get out of this position. Obviously, Corbin has to get the waiver. If he does, it's really going to be him and LeBorn fighting for that top spot. But then on the other hand, LeBorn's got to stay healthy. He's got to prove that he's over that injury. I mean, I think he's had, <clears throat> what is it, three surgeries uh, on the same knee at this point. So he's got to prove that he can be healthy as a starting running back. And then you've got your, your guys, like you mentioned, Logan, LaDamian Webb and Corey Wren coming in over the summer. Webb is a proven guy at the JUCO level, but but can he do it at this level? And same thing with Wren. He's fast, but how is that going to translate over to the field during his true freshman season? So, I mean, it's really it's – we're just going to have to see. David Johnson, he's got his hands full.
0: Yeah, like not said, there's – so many question marks with this backfield between Corbin, Layborn, even Anthony Grant. Like we have no idea what's going on. Notice here.
2: I didn't mention him.
0: Yeah, like we have, we have <laughs> no idea what's going to happen with this position. It's too early to say, especially two practices in.
1: Yeah, Wyatt Rector is probably going to be a big highlight here after the spring. He moves from the quarterback position group down to an H back type position per Mike Norvell. Um, kind of be going to be utilized for a lot of things. Uh, And he has a lot of athleticism. He's probably going to gain more weight. He's sitting around 236, 240 now, but he's got a lot of athleticism. I saw a couple videos too. He kind of looks smooth with it. Uh, He's got to get a couple of the regular things down, obviously learning the route tree and kind of just hitting your feet good. Um, But he obviously is impressing staff early on. And Mike Norvell noted on him as being the only player before spring practice started as having a position change, but pretty interesting story to keep an eye on. Uh, And he can help out in that tight end unit too, uh, if if he can get his blocking down.
2: But yeah, outside of your note, um, it's, I mean, it's, it's kind of like the running backs to me. It's kind of a wait and see thing. I think we talked about it before. He's been a quarterback at every level, though he has proven himself on the ground in high school and a little bit whenever he, whenever he got a chance at uh central Michigan, but we don't know how he's going to transition over to tight end. Um, weight thing, potentially height is an issue, but I mean, Mike Norvell does like to use a lot of tight ends and H backs in his offense. So there could be a role for him. That's not a pass catching role, but I don't know. It's, it's another thing we're just gonna have to see.
1: Nothing too special here from the defensive line unit. Obviously, Marvin Wilson is really kind of uh, 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 (laughs) shut. God. Practically. Was that impressive? I really screwed up there. No? Okay. Will never happen
2: again. Zoe 101. (laughs) What? That was like the intro right there. Was it? Do it again? Do it again real quick? No, I'm not doing it again. Just put that I don't in watch beginning.
1: Nickel. I don't watch Nickelodeon at 22 years old, Dustin. And you're what, 25, 28 somewhere? Me neither, up. bro. I got I got like the nostalgia effect whenever you did that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry I did that to you. But Marvin Wilson most certainly shed off a lot of that fat. Uh, he looks good right now. He's always been quick as hell for his size, but he only gets quicker. He looks good right now with also Quashon Fuller, who I need to be noted on a little bit more too. That's a big boy. Floor didn't play much of any last year. Josh Griffiths kind of comes in here too. Impressed. I saw a lot of videos of him. I thought he looked quick. uh, And I think he's got a chip on his shoulder too, which is good. Uh, Nothing too special here coming from the defensive line unit. Let's move over to linebackers. Uh, Obviously, the linebacker unit is something that's got to be changed and switched around and improved in a lot of ways. Uh, And this is going to be a big job for Chris Marv, a young coach coming in. Mike Norvell believes in him. Adam Fuller does too. Emmett Rice has gained 18 pounds, which we talked about, I believe, in our podcast before. But he actually does look like a linebacker now. I've been around him multiple times at practices. He always looked like he could be a corner a DB uh, that is kind of the case for Florida State's linebackers the last three or four years. But you actually have a good-sized linebacker here, and you probably will gain, I would think, 25, uh, 25 28, 30 pounds before uh, September hits. So uh, some interesting things there. Uh, what are y'all's thoughts on this linebacker union from what y'all have heard and seen so far?
2: I, d- I didn't hear you mention uh, DeCaylon Brooks.
1: Oh, I didn't. I, I forgot about him.
2: Well, no, what I, I can't
1: say, I'm not okay. gonna say anything. We've had Derek Brooks's uh, we've had we've had Derek Brooks. Well, I, was on. Just, I was
2: just wanted an update on
1: him. That's all. Um, he is moving his feet.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the linebackers are really just a unit in need of a rebound. I think that's something that they can definitely get with the addition of Chris Marv, really like him as a coach and as a developer of talent and really as a leader of men in general, seems like a a really great role model for these guys. Um, You have it noted here, Steven Dix, a true freshman, early enrollee linebacker has looked really good during the off season workouts, transitioned well over to the program. And now he's doing that on the field as well. Rice, like you said, is putting himself into a, potential starting territory there's still amari gainer who can really flex between a bunch of positions on the defense so we're gonna have to see if they end up slotting them in at linebacker but i mean amari gainer has looked good uh i know adam fuller has been posting um i think take a takeaways to to his players. twitter yeah. after every practice and, and like a graphic and everything and amari gainer has had a couple of them raymond woody who we'll talk about in a couple of minutes has had a couple of them so you can already tell that Gainer, it's putting his impact on the defense. And then there's still guys like um Kalen Deloic, guys like that, freshmen from last year. So we're just gonna have to see how all of it comes together.
1: Kalen Delo Delo, what do you call it? Deloic?
2: Deloic? Deloic?
1: Yeah, oh. yeah, I call it Deloach I'm going Deloach. But yeah, no, there's a lot of young uh, Deloic. Uh, who else am I missing? deloach Deloach, Kevon glenn and yeah. one more miss another one ah i'm missing Youngin, mccray yeah mccray i'm interested to see i, I we, i'm ready to start hearing his name chirp up a little bit more coming into spring because i think he's somebody nice he's, he's he has the build of a linebacker he had it coming in from high school i need to see him kind of uh, have a good spring and execute and work his way up there, which I think he will. Uh, Chris Marv is going to try to coach a lot of these young guys hard. Would be also obviously had a just terrible injury last year. He's progressing uh, very, very well, and he's actually been out there. He's been lifting for a while now, uh, but they're putting him out there kind of like that hybrid uh, buck position uh, for him to go out there at. And I think him also having once Hamza's back fully ready to roll. I haven't heard much on him lately in his recovery, uh, but uh, having him moved to that position too, I think is a good idea for Woodby as he's gained a good amount of pound or he's, lo- did he, he's lost, lost weight. DB's last position group to talk about here, Asante Samuel, Asante Samuel, Asante Samuel. I can talk about him for whatever. He was my pick. Last spring, who I thought was going to be a, a big force on that defense and be that number one corner over Sanford Samuels. He was. I'm right. I'm so smart. Um, I was thought y'all were going to agree with me.
2: I'll just let S- you have your Silence
1: problem. is the best option there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, he, he's always had that trash talking. Uh, personality and he usually backs it up too and creates a lot of energy on the field but obviously him and terry going at it is always good for the team we know uh that travis J is back out practicing this is great news he is actually probably going to be end up being my big pig head into the season to be that guy to watch out for i think he's the next g5 for florida state he actually worked down at corner for majority of these practices um And obviously, he was at Madison County uh, being at that cornerback position. Uh, Florida State's got a lot of talent back there. uh, And so, they're just trying to figure out where they want to put it, to be honest. Um, Also, Fagan, I believe it was seen that he had uh, a few breakups during the 7-on-7 and picked off a pass. Uh, Adam Fuller really liked the way that he was excelling on the field. But there's always talent back there. There's going to be even more when Damaris Tate steps on campus too. But yeah, DB unit, what do y'all think?
2: I think it's exciting. I mean, there's there's a lot of potential here for this to be the elite group on defense along with the defensive line. And really, like you said, it's just finding the right spots for each player and playing them in the right positions and, and also coaching them up. I, I think this, this staff is a much better developer of talent, especially the guys you have that are going to be coaching the defensive the back defensive backfield the majority of the time, which is Fuller and Marcus Woodson. So I'm excited to see those two guys go to work. They've got a lot of talent at their hands and a lot of different lineups that they can throw on the field. And like you said, Logan, it's only going to get more exciting in the summer when Demory Tate and some other guys arrive.
0: Yeah, we've known this is a talented backfield. They've just had so many lapses, whether it be technique, mentally Just anything. So getting it, like Dustin said, a great developing staff in, getting these guys coached up, these guys can be dangerous not only this year but in the coming years because it's still a very young backfield.
1: Yeah, this whole defensive side of the field for Adam Fuller, if it's coached right and correctly and things go smoothly, it could be a dominant force in college football, man. I think it could be. I mean – It's about as obvious as it gets. We've already ran through it multiple times of how much talent's there. As long as it's be able to – if those players are put in the right position groups, there's no reason why it can't be a top 25 defense in the country, top 20 even. Shoot, give me a top 15. Give me top 10.
0: I don't know if we'll get that in year one.
1: (laughs) Just like my Asante Samuel quote from earlier, I'm thinking top three cornerback after the season's over. Temper expectations a little bit. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll drop them down a little bit. But expectations are about to flip real quick. We're talking Florida State basketball here, obviously. Y'all run me down a little bit of basketball. we got about 20 minutes now to uh, go over. Obviously, Florida State and staff are coming away with some uh, awards here from the ACC. Uh, but also get me ready for this Clemson game. And like, Austin doesn't sound nervous about this. Obviously, Clemson upset... The Knowles at Clemson, but will it happen again?
0: Yeah, I mean, let's start with the awards first. The big one, Coach Hamilton winning ACC Coach of the Year. I think a lot of people expected it. They were just worried that Tony Bennett would somehow get it after all the clamoring for them finishing behind where they were expected to be. <laughs> Coach Ham deserved it. He should have been a unanimous choice. Um, he. he he absolutely deserved it. Florida State was supposed to finish, I think, fifth, and they won the conference you know, or outright. He absolutely deserves it. And he deserves National Cup of the year, too. He's in the, at least in the top three. Um, Trent Forrest and Devin Vassell made second team All-ACC. MJ was honorable mention. Trent was all-defensive team. Should have been Defensive Player of the Year, and I'll stand by that. Um, and Patrick Williams won sixth Man of the Year. was named to the All-Freshman team. Florida State got a ton of recognition, which... As the first team in the conference, they absolutely should. There were no snubs besides Trent should have at least got more votes for Defensive Player of the Year. And I was surprised Patrick got sixth man of the year. I really thought it was going to go to Dane Goodwin from Notre Dame. But um, I was pleasantly surprised that Florida State won that award for the second straight year.
2: So why do you think Trent <clears throat> Why do you think Trent Forrest didn't win Defensive Player of the Year for the conference? Because
0: he doesn't have Duke and or Blue Devils on his jersey.
2: I saw your stat breakdown on Twitter, and it honestly kind of surprised me because Trent's numbers were clearly ahead of where Jones's were.
0: Yeah, and the
2: biggest game of the year against Duke, he had eight steals. And yeah. Trey
0: Jones may have had 15 points in that game, but he did it on, like, 18 shots. Um, Trent def- definitely had better numbers. I was, I was a little surprised he didn't get more votes. I expected he'd get snubbed just because Trey Jones is at Duke. But – it was embarrassing. Um, I think he had 59 steals to Trey Jones' 52. He has 18 blocks to Trey Jones' 10. All of his analytics were better. The advanced stats are better. The only thing Trey Jones had better was his defensive win shares was 2.0 and Trent's was 1.9. Like, at that point, come on, man. Give it to Trent.
2: More fuel for the fire, though, right?
0: Yeah, and like I said on IG Live and i here before, Trent has Trent has a chip on his shoulder. Now he's got an even bigger chip. Now, knowing he had better stats and still didn't win Defensive Player of the Year when they played Duke. I'm assuming playing Duke on fight. I don't want to speak it into existence. Trey Jones may have six points. Trent's gonna be mad. I already know he will be.
2: Well, yeah. Moving into the uh, ACC tournament preview. Florida State will play their first game of the tournament in the quarterfinals against Clemson on Thursday at 1230. Really early game. Kind of salty about it because I'm literally going to be starting a class at 1230. So that sucks. Same here.
1: Same here. That
2: sucks. That sucks scheduling wise. Yeah. But it also means, I think I said on the last podcast, if Florida State wins this game against Clemson, they get to play Friday at, I think it's 7 or 730. So they get a good 30 hours or so off after this game to recover and prepare to play for back-to-back days in a row and also begin to manage the recovery for the potential to play three games in three days. So that's no joke for these guys. But yeah, moving to this game against Clemson, Clemson won today against Miami. I don't know what round it was, but Clemson won 69 to 64 against Miami and trailed at halftime, but outscored the hurricanes 48, 41 in the second half to <clears throat> pull out the victory. Awesome, what are some of your early thoughts about Florida State matching up with Clemson for a third time this season? Winning the first meeting by I think it was eighteen at home and then obviously losing the second meeting by a bucket on the road.
0: Yeah, and I, I know Florida State wanted to play Clemson again. Anytime they can these guys can get revenge, they want to go do it. I saw it with the Xavier two years two years ago, I saw it with Michigan last year, even though we didn't play Michigan. Um but any anytime these guys lose, they want them again. They want to beat them again. And throughout the whole ACC tournament, not just this Clemson game, you have a chance to play your last three losses, Clemson, Duke, and Virginia. That's as perfect as Florida State could ask for. Keep—it's just extra motivation. Anytime you get extra motivation, absolutely go for it. As far as matchup, Clemson last game, they really shouldn't have won. If Florida State just shoots a tad bit better, if they don't have 13 charges – if inadvertent, they don't have inadvertent whistles. <laughs> if they don't have, you know, all this stuff happen, they win that game and they only lost by, I think, a point. So I absolutely expect Florida to win this game. If they can rely on guys like Raquan Evans, Anthony Polite, um, Wyatt Wilkes, get some of these guys off the bench getting good minutes and still winning the game, that'd be huge. Um, that's what they did last time going into the Duke game. These guys off the bench were able to play big minutes and get big rolls and get big buckets. Um, and especially in the ACC tournament where you're going to have to play three games in three days to win it, you're going to need these guys at the end of the bench playing a lot of minutes so the starters get some rest and are able to play in the bigger games.
2: Yeah, and Florida State does have an advantage coming into this game, not only in depth, but also the fact that Clemson played yesterday. So they're already going to have that wear and tear on their legs. From and they're, I mean, they're not really going to get much of a, bl- a break. They played at 12.30 today on Wednesday. And they're also going to play Florida State at 1230. So not a big break for Clemson there. And, you know, typically college teams don't really play in back-to-back days. So they're not as prepared for for that workload. So I'm, I'm interested to see how the Tigers handle that fatigue, which is going to be there for them, but not for Florida State yet.
0: And it's already not a very deep team. They've got some guys, but once you start getting to the seventh and eighth man, it's bad talent. It really is um i don't remember off the top of my head how many guys they played today
2: today Um, they played nine guys but um guy nine and nine and eight only played three and two minutes so yeah yeah seven seven guys guys. played 16 or more minutes
0: yeah so they've really only got seven guys you got to worry about and when you've got Three guys playing 30-plus minutes and two of them are getting 36 and 37. Yeah. They're going to be dogging tomorrow. And they're already more of a defensive team anyways that just shoots a lot of threes. I I imagine they're going to try and keep it low scoring while Florida State's probably going to try to want to run it up, if I had to imagine.
2: Well, they might not be as good on defense tomorrow with that fatigue settling in. Yeah. Florida State Um, might be able to find some easy ones, and they definitely didn't find any up in Death Valley a couple weeks ago. Yeah,
0: I, I think this will be a little more easy to get buckets, um, just because it's a neutral site and there may or may not be fans. We still yeah. have no idea what the ACC is going to do there, um, with everything that's going on with the NCAA and the NBA just announced that they're likely going to move with, move to games without fans. Um, I wouldn't Shucks. be surprised. If, <laughs> I won't be surprised if conference tournaments follow.
2: But yeah, I mean, looking at his Clemson team, Austin, and they played a bunch of minutes today, like we both said. Who who are you worried about coming to this game from the Tigers? Amir Sims,
0: um, he's a very multi dimensional player. Despite playing the five, he can also stretch out to three. He's a great rebounder. Amir Dawes is who beat us last time. And so did John Newman the third. Both of those two had great games last time out. Yeah. Um, Eighteen
2: each.
0: Yeah. Kludge. Clyde Trapp doesn't worry me at all. If, if he could handle the, posi- the ball every single possession, let him just please. Um, Hunter Tyson's a good shooter. Tevin Max, an Alabama transfer, who's usually pretty good, but he's kind of struggled the last few games. Um, then after that, you got Cur- the only other guy you got to worry about is Curran Scott, who's fine. He's nothing special. He went one for six today, 0 for four from three, but six of six at the free throw line. I will note, Clemson shot 94% from the free-throw line against Miami. That is not going to happen against Florida State. This is usually a pretty bad free-throw shooting team.
2: Yeah, I think – I don't I don't have the stat pulled up, but I think they were high 60s or low 70s. They're they're not very good.
0: Yeah, and they only – despite shooting a lot of threes, I think they're only at like 32% from three. Um, I'm pulling it up now.
2: Went 7 of 22 against Miami.
0: Yeah, so on the year, they're 31.5% from three and 67.6% from the free throw line. So this is generally not a great shooting team. They've gotten hot in the past, but they're not shooting 95% from free throw tomorrow. I highly doubt it.
2: Yeah, I think I think this game is a spot for Florida State to go ahead and establish what they want to do in this tournament. I really think Florida State wins this one by double digits.
0: I I agree especially with Clemson coming off a game where they had to play three guys 30 plus minutes. Yeah. It's a tightly contested game against Miami. Florida State's well rested. They're going to be motivated to play a team that they lost mm-hmm. to. They might they they should win by 15. They should.
2: Uh, that's what I think. I, I don't think Florida State is going to overlook Clemson at all, especially after that loss. They want to go in there and and dominate this team and really show them what they're about.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think they're going to end up winning somewhere around 76-61. Just because Clemson's going to be a little tired, they're not going to score as efficiently. Um, And I really think Florida State's going to be motivated just to smack the living you-know-what out of them.
2: Yeah, I was thinking 80-63 to with Trent probably having a a big game in this one coming off that snub. I think he's highly motivated coming into this tournament, and he's going to keep the rest of the guys extremely focused.
0: I think it's gonna Just, be guys like Raquan Evans and Anthony Polite having big games. I'm not saying fifteen plus points for each, but eighteen points. Honestly though, for those
2: each. those are the kind of guys that you need to have a good game. You need Anthony Polite, you need Raquan Evans, you need Wyatt Wilkes, and I mean you need one of those bigs. You need Ob Nizek or or Balsa to step up.
1: Yeah, I said it way early. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what that was. <laughs> That's the w- worst. You need win. the
2: European guy to be able to get in <laughs> the game, right? But you need those guys off the bench every, every night to one of them to be able to step up, and that's that's really what's going to get this team through March because you know what you have in that starting unit, and it's solid. But you're going to need some guys to come off the bench and be able to give you quality play. So
0: you and, need and Clemson's a small team. I mean, I think they're starting. They're starting centers only six eight, six seven. I think even. Um,
2: Go back to the Boston College experiment yeah, Throw that's it inside what I was every just,
0: time. That's what I was just about to bring up They're tallest regular rotation guys, six eight. You start throwing the ball inside of these 7 footers What, what are they going to do? Get those high low passes going Get those lob passes going Clemson won't be able to stop it
2: Yeah and legend went 3 of 3 For 7 points in 13 minutes In that loss to Clemson A couple weeks ago
0: I'd imagine he gets a few more touches this game Maybe about seven to eight.
1: So this will be officially breaking news now here on here the spear. I mean, oh. before you come for here for the content like this, but breaking news: this will be Florida State's first game, I guess, getting ready for the March Madness because there will be no fans tomorrow at twelve thirty when they tip off against the Clemson Tigers because oh, they just announced Dang. about five minutes ago from the ACC. That there will be no fans in attendance, only essential personnel and student administrators will be allowed to go. What about the people that that already
2: traveled? I'm I'm outside right now. I was
0: like, that's the thing. I've got a ticket for tomorrow through the team. It's not like I bought a ticket. It's a family member ticket, so I don't know.
2: Oh, you can go. Family member, family member.
1: (laughs) You should still try.
0: Well, that's for the NCAA, not ACC. I'm going to have to read the statement.
2: Eh, hey
1: Dustin, I hope you enjoy your drive back home. Drive? I'm flying. You know, you, what do you think this is? <laughs> <laughs> Who's paying for it?
2: I got a business card, bro. You're paying. <laughs> oh it's yeah, because okay, so it says all
0: games we played with only essential tournament personnel, limited school administrators and student athlete guests. Thanks, Parrot. So, I think I'll be. No, you didn't say student athlete guests. Uh, okay. You did not say that. Okay. Plus broadcast television and credential media
1: members. Okay. So okay.
0: it's a little different than NCAA. A
1: little bit. Just a tiny, tiny little bit. But hey, screw it. This has got to get, get warmed up now before you head into March Madness like that, right? A little yeah. warm up for it. What a fun time that's going to be. I'm going to be watching that in class. With I- no people at the game. Yeah, there was I, no I, people
0: there today. I was watching the Miami Clemson game. There's like 30 people there.
2: So <laughs> oh, well, I mean, it's it's Miami Clemson. I mean, <laughs> that's my point.
1: I mean, Miami's not going to help. So really just Clemson fans were there. Miami
2: fans don't show up to
1: anything. That's what I'm saying. Yeah,
2: they've already had a lot of practice with this. If
0: they'd if they'd won day, they would have had a <laughs> huge advantage going into the next few games.
1: <laughs> so both of you are predicting for Florida State to beat Clemson
2: fairly easily good.
1: easily good to know good to know i think fsu wins by eight and i don't know what the score will be but that's just gonna be my guess they win by eight
2: it's gonna be like a mouse playing with a cat
1: i think so a win is
0: a win that's all i care. or say. wait the other way
1: but <laughs> yeah what new <in> the- <laughs> just oh, let's move past oh it let's end this yikes jeez Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Uh, You're really going to take advantage of not having class for three weeks, aren't you, Dustin?
2: In more ways than one.
1: (laughs) I would suggest you use that to work on, like, academics and just, like, real-life knowledge and stuff.
2: Eh, I've got enough of that.
1: Uh, Xbox will help you out? PS4. Oh, PS4, my bad. Ew. Anyways... Ugh. You did you did get one question on your Dustin. You did get a question. I'm the one that's like having to go to your notifications, but this is from Dakota.
2: I figure we just skip it. It's my brother, so
1: <laughs> just give him one sentence. Or well, are you gonna read the question? Yeah, D alright, this is from Dakota. <laughs> Dustin's brother, after you just told me. Uh, Do you expect to hear more player chatter with no fans in March Madness, or will they find a way around it? Also, what unexpected team that no one's thinking of do you think will pull off a championship win? That pertains to the NCAA tournament, but you can answer the send questions about the ACC one as well.
0: Okay. So let's start with with court chatter. Um,
1: Uh
0: Uh-oh. I I
2: think the— Okay, we're losing. (laughs) I'll just answer first. I'll just answer Go ahead. First. This
1: is all we need, Justin, just to um, give us two sentences.
2: Yeah, honestly, these douchebags are probably going to figure out a way to mute the mics on the sidelines. I bet they'll do whatever they can to keep the player and coach chatter out of it because, <laughs> just because of what the guys can say, they they want to be like, well, this is a friendly or uh, a family-friendly game. Uh, we don't want that on the network, blah blah. They'll do some shit and, and not be able to show everything, which really sucks. Cause I would love to be able to hear the game like that. Really just get the, the little details that we miss out on. I know Austin, you said the play calls earlier, that's a thing that could potentially be be used against teams, so that's another reason they, they could mute it. So we'll just have to see. And then also what unexpected team that no one no one's thinking of, do you think it pull off a championship win? Um, I don't know if anyone's not talking about them right now, but I don't think anyone's really talking about them to win the tournament, but that's Virginia who I've really shown some love to the last couple of podcasts, great defense, improving offense, getting hot at the right time. Really excited to see what the Cavaliers can do in the ACC tournament, because honestly, guys, I think they might win it.
1: They so that was chance. way over two sentences. So Whew,
2: yeah, I'm out of breath. <laughs>
1: um, but
0: yeah, I'm going to agree with Dustin on the microphones by the court. I think they're going to tone down a lot of it just so you can't hear players cussing each other out and play calls and coaches yeah. screaming at referees. I think they're going to tone a lot of it out. I think it's going to be a lot of color analysts having to do something they've never done before. Um, as far as who can make a championship run, I'm going to avoid the ACC. I'm going to go with one of the hottest teams in the country, Providence. I think they're going to be a lower seed, 9 or 10, but they've won a lot of games recently. I wouldn't be surprised if they make a run. I don't think they'll win it all, obviously, but I I wouldn't be surprised if they made a run.
1: Some bold statements there. Uh, But, yeah, this is going to end off this podcast. We're going to hit exactly an hour. Congrats, you guys. We actually did something and stayed on schedule for once in our whole lifetime. Now
2: we just uh, have to make sure you get it posted on time.
1: This uh, is well, thank. He, we, he we'll says nine that.
2: or nine thirty. It won't be up till eleven.
1: <laughs> I'm shooting for nine at this point. I just got one thing I got to edit because he's running right on
2: Pacific time.
1: Dustin was the one yesterday on the phone with me saying that you never screw up. I don't have to edit anything. Well, he screwed up today. What uh, did I screw up? A lot of things, Dustin. A lot what? of things.
2: Austin screwed <laughs> up. <laughs> Actually, okay. you screwed up because your list was screwed up.
1: Yeah, well, we blame that on you though.
0: That's how it works, Jared. No game day. We just blame everything on Dustin.
1: (laughs) But then hope he edits. That Sports Illustrated offer is looking really good right now. (laughs) Well, it it hasn't hit your DMs yet, so I don't know what you're talking about. Anyways, we need to end off this podcast before it gets outrageous. Dustin has some video games to play for the rest of the night. Anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. As always, you can listen to podcasts on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, and YouTube. Hit those subscribe buttons on all those platforms so you'll be notified every time we release a new episode. Follow us on Twitter, at HereTheSpear. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We will talk to you, hopefully, previewing an ACC championship game. Y'all have a good rest of y'all's week.